Okay, Ryan, I hear you're going to tell us a little bit about the COVID vaccine. Yeah, so I looked into kind of the different pharmaceutical companies supplying the vaccines and what we're looking at in Canada in terms of a rollout here. So, Okay, I'm very interested. All right. Well, basically, uh, in the past few weeks, the federal government has been outlining kind of the vaccine approvals and distribution plans to the public. And essentially, we're just weeks away from a mass inoculation campaign. Like, it's going to be underway before you know it. That's pretty exciting. It, it was fast. It was extremely, yeah. extremely fast. Um, yeah, but the initial supply is going to be a bit limited. So in terms of initial doses, Canada is expecting to receive 6 million doses in the first three months of 2021. But that's actually only going to be um, 3 million vaccinations because it's going to be a two-part vaccination. So you'll need two shots. So 6 oh. million doses is only for 3 million people. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's... Um, it, they're using a revolutionary new technology, these pharmaceutical companies. It's called messenger RNA or mRNA. Mm-hmm. And I remember that for bio I don't remember what it means, but yes. I just know well, it was Well, what thing. it means is that the vaccines need to, be, need to be kept at extremely low temperatures, which causes all sorts of logistical problems. Mm-hmm. So like with the swine flu or the H1N1 rollout, this wasn't the case. So we don't already have like the existing infrastructure in place to um, safely store these vaccines. What, how cold does the temperature need to be to store them? Okay, really cold. So for Pfizer, which is probably the one that we're all going to be getting, mm-hmm. Pfizer is leading the foray in terms of approvals and distribution. Yeah, yeah. Um, it needs to be kept at minus 80 degrees Celsius. Okay. So wow. quite cold. Yeah, and then the second uh, pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical company kind of um, getting approval, like the second in the line here is mm-hmm. Moderna. They're a Massachusetts-based company, and theirs needs to be kept at, I believe, minus 30 degrees Celsius. So not as cold, but either way, super, super cold. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Pfizer has been like extremely strict about this. They basically said they are not going to be sending their product to any countries that can't safely store this temperature-sensitive vaccine. Boy, that's like, I can only imagine there's a few countries that... Won't, won't be, able be able to, to do that, at, or at least won't be able to do that at a substantial amount. So that's kind of not the best. Yeah, it's for sure going to be a problem for certain demographics and certain regions. But Canada, um, they have gotten uh, basically 34 capable freezers already. There's apparently like 92 more on the way. And then the existing federal capacity had enough really, really cold storage freezers. Um, so that all told, all of that together, we can safely store at this point uh, about 33.5 million frozen and ultra-frozen doses of vaccine. So basically, ultra-frozen would be the... <laughs> there's Runa with the squeaker. <laughs> <laughs> minus 80 would be the um, ultra-frozen, and then minus 30 is like the just frozen one. Okay, out of curiosity, do you know what would happen if it was to get too warm or if it wasn't kept at this temperature? Basically, it'll go bad. But what can happen is um, we can store the Pfizer vaccine at a warmer temperature as long as we do it for a shorter amount of time. So like if we're getting the vaccines literally into people's arms mm-hmm. like quicker, then it's okay to keep it at minus 30. You just It just can't be stored for like 
multiple Long days. Of time, yes. yes. Then it, then it'll all go bad and the millions we spent on But if they're shipping it out to the hospitals and they're going to give it to someone that day, it can be yeah. out of the freezer. Yeah, for then a it can be a bit warmer. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Still okay. has to be frozen, but it could be a but bit yeah, warmer. Yeah, I don't really want something that's like minus 80 degrees and chested into my arm. I, like <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I'd like it to be a little warmer. Though. Yeah, I don't know what the temperature of the vaccine will be when it is injected mm. into you, but it could it could feel a little icy. I don't icy. like needles at the best of times. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's definitely it's a new thing that everyone's kind of trying to figure out and deal with right now. Um, but yeah, they're everyone's trying to get the logistics down, and like trucks and shipment vehicles are being specially equipped to keep them at low temperatures, and and sometimes you can use dry ice to keep them cold for a short time as well. So there's there's a few options, but basically, if they ain't cold, you're not getting any. Wow. Mm-hmm. So. Major General Danny Fortin, uh, former NATO commander in Iraq, he is leading the vaccination logistics and operations at a new national operations center in the uh, Public Health Agency of Canada. So he's leading basically the shipment, receiving and shipping of the vaccine. And he said that they haven't been waiting for Health Canada sign-off to begin preparations, like their approval of the vaccines. Mm-hmm. They've been doing dry runs and prepping just assuming we are going to have approval. Yeah, yeah. And the latest is that basically approval is coming like within hours. Like it could be 24 hours from now. Um, they've said that every, they have almost everything they need and they're just really finalizing, crossing the I's and dotting the T's. That's wrong. Crossing the T's and dotting the I's. So <laughs> we're just in the last, um, the last little section for approving the Pfizer vaccine. Moderna is a little bit behind in the approval stage, but all signs are pointing towards um, that being approved as well. They did um, the clinical trial for Moderna basically said that it's 94.5% effective at completely preventing COVID and 100% effective at uh, preventing like extreme serious cases. Okay. So you might still get it, but it wouldn't be deadly or anything like that. Um, Do you know the difference between the two vaccines? I don't know the the major specifics, just that they are both two-part vaccinations and that they both have to be kept cold. Okay. some of the other companies that are a little bit behind, like Johnson & Johnson have a vaccine, and theirs is only... Um, a family company. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are a family company, but their vaccine only requires one dose. So in that sense, it's like, you know, maybe more people would want to get that. Mm-hmm. But they are basically, they are missing large chunks of information, like, for approval. So until we get those, um, Johnson & Johnson, AstraZeneca as well, the, those companies are both missing information. They haven't submitted all that we need yet okay i have another question just about all these companies so are all these like okay so we believe that the pfizer vaccine is going to work it's being approved Mm -hmm. it's well onto its way everyone's really excited about it what is the point in developing multiple vaccines um is it just for money like is that the reason why multiple vaccines or multiple companies want to make vaccines because i'm just confused as to why like if one got through why it's just not yeah why we wouldn't put all our resources into the one we know that works why is johnson and johnson not saying hey pfizer this is fantastic you have a vaccine here's some of our resources to get this distributed to more people well yes it is partially money but really the key is um, to cover all your bases because if one company maybe had a supply shortage or a catastrophe in their creation facility or something like that, mm-hmm. we don't want to, like, we, Canadians don't want to be put out, right? So right. if you have multiple different ones approved, then it just increases your resources. And already, like, we don't have enough to vaccinate everyone, just 3 million doses in the first few months, um, or 
vaccinations in the first yeah. few months. So that's not enough. But if we approve Moderna as well, and then maybe Johnson & Johnson later on in the year, that's the only way to really get everyone vaccinated. Okay. And another question I have is how far apart do the two vaccines need to be taken? So, and this is actually standard in terms of like two dose vaccines, but it's three weeks apart. Okay. Gives you enough time for like the immune response from part one to start working and then you, then you do part two. Yeah. So three, okay. three weeks. So just a bit more information on, on what's actually like approved with Pfizer. Basically, um, the Health Canada review is progressing really well. We can expect it to be any moment now, but they have ordered 20 million doses of the two dose vaccine in total. Like that's how much we are supposed to be getting. Um, and Sorry, can you repeat that number? Uh, 20 million doses. 20 million doses. Yeah, okay. so we're, we're going to get six off the bat, but 20 million is what we've ordered. Ordered. That's right. Now, um, there is options for us to buy into more doses in the months that follow. Uh, we might decide against going with more Pfizer. It could be anyone, right? But mm-hmm. um, basically, the 20 million is what we're getting. And then uh, Pfizer has a German partner. So they're, it's an American company, but they also have a German partner, Bio N- BioNTech. And we're going to be getting doses from both places because they're creating it, both in Germany and in the States. In terms of Moderna, once um, regulatory approval has passed for that, um, largely it's going to be shipped through private companies into Canada. Ottawa is going to to receive the Moderna product, and then it's going to be distributed into the provinces and territories. Um, And how that's kind of looking both for Pfizer and Moderna is that it's going to be sent to a distribution facility in each province that's like already set up with the freezers. And then from there, it's going to be determined like where it will go, where people will have to go to get it. So it could be um, like the flu clinics or, you know, the Sharpers Drug Marts and London yeah. Drugs that you're used to. But those places do not have the cold storage required. Yeah, so if they did it, it was going to be like a short term, warmer freezer and everyone has to go and get it quickly, basically. But um, there isn't really any details so much on what that's going to look like. And Aaron O'Toole, the leader of the opposition, has been kind of trying to criticize this, basically just saying that um, the federal government's failing to provide Canadians with a um, time frame and a plan for the vaccine distribution that we all can understand. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, that's totally right. Like, we don't even know what's really happening. We just yeah. know that it's going to be going to distribution facilities, and then provincially, it will be divvied up. I assume there's just, like, a ton of details to work out, which is why a more detailed plan is not, yeah. it's not available yes, to us yet. not available and They probably and also don't know wanted. all those details yet. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he kind of wanted to make it all about economics, like he was saying, without a reliable timeline or details, provinces have the impossible task of establishing a complex supply chain with no lead time. And then businesses kind of don't have what they need to know to like invest in in operations mm. and rehire Canadians who've mm-hmm. been laid off during the pandemic. It's, yeah, it's just hard to make a safe investment if you don't know what it's going to be if like. You don't but know what's happen, again, yeah. we, we still don't know <laughs> what's going to happen. So that's just the case, right? Um, Dr. Howard Naju, he's Canada's deputy chief public health officer. And he basically said, that Canadians shouldn't be so fixated on the exact date when Pfizer gets approval and the exact rollout. He said basically just um, stop being so obsessive with the actual delivery of the vaccines themselves. The important thing is that we're planning, preparing, doing exercises, and it's going to be okay mm-hmm. was his shtick on that. Okay, I have another question. Yeah. I'm very curious about this topic. <laughs> so I heard that it has already been approved by the UK, and I actually saw today that that 
first uh, grandma in the UK got the vaccine and she was like mm-hmm. 90 or 94 or something like that. Um, so why did the UK approve it first? Was it just simply because their approval process was faster than Canada or did they have more information than we did to start off? Like why are they all, why are they just that little bit ahead of us? Basically, they they have a different system. Like they vet vaccines differently, and it's the okay. same with the U.S. Like the U.S. is behind as well because you know they kind of painstakingly a, um, analyze and reanalyze raw data from the trials to validate the results. Um, but in Britain, they they lean more heavily on c- the the company itself's own analysis to kind of save time. Oh, okay. They're so they're in a sense more trusting of Pfizer's data rather than <clears throat> getting it themselves. Yeah, whereas Canada and the U.S. are doing their own yes. data to. Just, but yeah, yeah, the fact that Britain approved it is just really a good sign. It means like ours will also be approved soon. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay. and then and it's it's good too because we can kind of see the rollout in Britain and and see where their shortages are and and where their failings are kind of coming into play. Yeah, sometimes it's okay to not be the first one. Yeah, it is okay, and that's that's also kind of why I looked into the H one N one rollout because mm-hmm. that was the the other mass inoculation campaign that Canada's kind of undergone, and it wasn't perfect either. Like. There were some successes, but a lot of delays in production, a lot of shortages, and a ton of miscommunications with the public. So public uh-huh. confidence took a hit. Like, I mean, there was polls and people were like, mm, I don't know, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, public confidence really did take a hit. And that's, that's partially what um, Aaron O'Toole is kind of trying to rip on them for is the miscommunications and, and stuff. But if there isn't anything to say, then you can't really say anything. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, we'll just but have to it kind is of be true. Careful. Like, in order for it to really be successful, you need people to trust in the yes. process, and, and it's very hard to trust in a process if you don't have information or if you feel like information's being, um, you know, not delivered to you for on purpose. And the people in charge are saying, like, we're, we've learned from the H one N one rollout. We're going to try to fill in those um, gaps in in the supply chain and things like that because not everyone could get the vaccine when they were supposed to mm-hmm. some people were told they would be able to get it and then there was delays they weren't able to get it or it wasn't available you know in, in north of the province but in the south they did have it so there was a lot of failings and then the other thing with the miscommunications is just who actually is going to be first in line to get it everyone is saying first responders then the most vulnerable of yeah. the population but beyond that there there isn't anything like as in who is the most vulnerable so I've heard seniors bandied about. I've heard people with um, chronic lung conditions mm-hmm. and things like that. Pre-existing conditions, mm-hmm. yeah. Exactly. So right now that's more of kind of like a, a guiding moral principle than an actual like step-by-step mm-hmm. process. So we don't know who's going to be getting it. Like they said the same things during H1N1 and then, you know, the Calgary Flames got it first. No offense yeah, to I them. Yeah, I remember that. That was scandalous. <laughs> yeah. They're not so much first responders, are they? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but... Basically, that's, yeah, that's all the information that we have right now. Um, the vaccine is coming. It looks to be completely safe, and everyone's very excited to be at this stage finally. Well, I'm super mm-hmm. stoked mm-hmm. to be we at can, this stage. We can see the light at the end of the tunnel now. And I remember, like, when this started back in March, they were saying that the fastest a vaccine had been made previous to this was, like, three years. So I know it's pretty impressive that What's we're, very at, fast, yeah. we're at this point and... Um, I know things are not looking good, like mostly around the whole world. So at least we have something to look forward to 
in the next year. Um, okay, so I also saw that Albertans can expect most people to have the vaccine by the fall. Is that um, wait? Is that mostly mm. true? Is that what you saw as well? Yeah. So basically, what uh, Jason Kenny said was that. Um, Phase three of the vaccine rollout is going to begin in the fall, and that's when it's going to be offered to all Albertans. But if you rewind, um, April to June is phase two, and that's going to be um, basically the time when they determine which Albertans will be after the immediately most necessary people, but before mm-hmm. like the just general oh. everyone gets it. So, yeah, in the fall, everyone should have it. Where we're at right now is that um, Alberta is expecting to receive th- or 3,900 doses of the Pfizer vaccine next week, which is enough to inoculate just under 2,000 people. And that's kind of where we're starting with. Basically, vaccinations, um, Canada's hoping, best case scenario, the vaccinations begin uh, around Christmas. But if not, it's going to be like January 4th, like early, early January. Okay. So they're, they're prepping for Christmas, hoping for Christmas. It'll probably be more like in January. Um, and then I guess we're probably general populace. So next fall, but again, herd immunity is a real thing, so I encourage everyone to go and get it when, when it's your time. Okay, well, I have a question about that because I sure. know that the vaccine and some vaccines in general can be uh, very controversial for mm-hmm. some people. And I know a lot of people are saying, like I was previously saying, this vaccine was made really quick. And we were talking about how that's very impressive, but a lot of people are using that to say that this vaccine is not good and can't be trusted. What uh, did your research say about that? Well, um, everything I came across was basically that it's for sure safe. Um, It seems to be safe. It seems to be effective. There's very, very minimal, if any, um, side effects, like nothing severe or scary. What Um, were the side effects? So basically just what you would expect with like the regular flu shot, like fatigue headaches, chills, joint pain, which would also be just your arm being sore from Mm -hmm. the shot itself. Um, Fever in some instances, which is um, just your immune response kicking into gear. So just kind of a general like uh, feeling under the weather kind of side effect. Um, There was also like a temporary muscle paralysis of the face found in four people who received the vaccine. And there was no temporary muscle paralysis of the face found in those who took the placebo vaccine. So that was like the worst um, side effect I came across. But again, it was temporary. And I'm not saying I want anyone to have temporary muscle paralysis of the face mm-hmm, or anything. But mm-hmm. we saw that, whatever, that TikTok video where that girl ate like 2,000 slices of American cheese a year. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, <laughs> I, can't, I can't bulk at, at taking something I don't understand the ingredients of now. That's what's in American Swiss cheese. Yes. Nobody God, knows. Who knows? It, it was made in a lab as well. Yeah. Now, um, there are certainly like fears. Uh, actually, there was a poll and Alberta, Alberta right now is the um, most hesitant province. They're mm. the most vaccine apprehensive at this time. But experts are saying that Alberta will warm up to getting it when they see everyone else getting it and being fine. So it's probably what will happen. I Yeah. I'm... The more people that get it, the more cases there are that it's okay, the more that yeah. it is okay. And I get that it's scary and everything, but the greater risk is is not getting it at this point. So if you just kind of weigh that, then maybe you'll feel better if you're yeah. feeling hesitant. Yeah. Beyond that, that's that's really all I, I was able to scrounge up today on the vaccines. But I was really, really meaning to look into this. So I'm happy that I have a bit more info now. Yeah. Thanks for um, explaining it to me. I'm 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 excited for next fall. <laughs> it would be nice for this all to wrap up. 
let's say. Yeah, it's, it's close it's, close the chapter on COVID. It's been long <laughs> enough. I can say I've experienced the pandemic, but now I'm I'm over it. Actually, what I just want to add is um, one of the shortages that was happening was that Mexico, where the swine flu originated, they actually weren't able to get the vaccines, whereas other countries mm. were. And there was a bit of political drama there and um, a bit of corruption and other other nations were getting it ahead of Mexico. Like basically it was it was kind of an issue with developed countries placing large advance orders for the H1 vaccine, H1N1 vaccine because they could afford to and then then there wasn't any leftover for more developing, more low-income countries and and that's where Mexico came into play. They didn't have enough doses even though they had the they majority yes. of the cases and the they biggest certainly did problem. at the beginning. Yeah. So wow. th- and that, that could again be a problem here. Like, I don't know. Canada's ordering 70 million doses of this and that. And I, I, I don't know that like, there could be on, let's say it could be on back order for developing nations. Yes. I just kind of sad how that sometimes shakes down. Yeah. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that going forward. Yeah. I assume there's, there's going to be some major um, political drama when the doses aren't being made fast enough for everyone to get one immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Take care. Bye. <laughs>